This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, everybody, it's your old pal, Adam the Bull. And there's a lot to talk about on this Friday edition of The Bullpen with me. Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. We've got brawls, we've got celebrations, we've got starts of things, we got ends of things, we've got lots of things, all on this edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Let's get right into it. So, for those who don't know, I am 52 years old, right? And I say this to make a point that I have been following baseball for as long as I can remember. I don't know if I was six, I was seven. I don't remember how exactly how old I was. But as long as I can remember, I've loved baseball, right? So we'll say the mid-70s, the mid to late 70s is when I started following baseball. I always loved it. I was obsessed with it. And not just my team. I grew up a Cubs fan in New York. Yes, that's bizarre. My dad was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. When they left Brooklyn, he picked the Cubs because he liked Ernie Banks. Uh, Didn't wait for the Mets to come around. For those who may not know, the Dodgers left. It it was a few years before the Mets started. It wasn't like the next year the Mets came into town. Maybe I would have been a Mets fan. Who knows? Doesn't matter. I became a Cubs fan in New York that could not watch the Cubs play. There was no such thing as MLB package. There was no such thing as uh, when I was a kid. We didn't even have cable. I didn't even have cable until I was in my 20s. Uh, I remember when I was a teenager, my best friend who lived next door to me got one of those old school giant satellite dishes. If you're old, if you're old enough like me, you may remember those things. If you're young, you, you're not gonna, you may not know what I'm talking about. But they used some people used to get these giant before direct TV and Dish Dish Network, whatever it's called, but long before that, they, some people would get these giant satellite dishes on their home, and you'd pick up all these random channels. Uh, as kids, we, ju- we we mostly cared about watching, trying to find pornography. If I'm totally honest about it, uh, which I just was, but through that, we were able to get WGN, and you know, I was able to watch the Cubs play sometimes as a teenager at my friend's house. But he was a Mets fan, so it wasn't like he wanted to watch the Cubs all the time. But I, as a kid, watched the Cubs when I could, listened on the radio when I could. Certainly when they played the Mets on the radio, I'd get to listen to them when they played the Phillies. There was no interleague play then, so they never played the Yankees. But I watched the Yankees all the time. I watched the Mets all the time. I I consumed baseball as much as I possibly could as a kid in the late 70s into the 80s. Obsessed with it. Watched This Week in Baseball, those of you may remember. Eventually, George Michael's Sports Machine, to those of you old enough to remember, to see the highlights. I would get the sporting news. Uh, Eventually, they had um, a baseball newspaper that came out, I think, once a week called The National. 
which again, if you're old enough, you may remember this. I would do. I started playing fantasy baseball in 1991. Over 30 years, I've been doing it. I did stats by hand as the commissioner of my league. Stats by hand. I would get, I think, the sporting news or something. I don't. I don't remember now. Maybe it was USA Today uh, on a Wednesday, and I do the stats for the previous week. Now it's all instantaneous, right? So I was. I love baseball. That is my point. And I came up with all the old school rules. No clock. Pitchers take forever. Now, in those days, the games weren't as long as they were pre this year. But you never even thought about a clock, never even considered a clock. And a lot of the other changes they've made to baseball. And one of the old school things about baseball was if you showed up, and I'm doing air quotes right now that you can't see, if you showed up a pitcher, you had to be prepared to 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 take a, a shot. At the, the pitcher was going to throw the ball at you or the, another pitcher on the team was going to throw the ball at you, and that was part of the game. Everybody kind of accepted it back in the day, and so did I. I thought it was part of the game too. In fact, once at Babe Ruth League, uh, we were playing for the New York State Championship back in 1984 after my Kings Bay Little League team or Senior League team, All-Star team, which I was – on fire, including hitting the game-winning home run. Not a walk-off, but a game-winning home run against Garrettson Beach at Garrettson Beach. We took them down at Garrettson Beach. Anyway, and we lost the New York State Championship. I charged them out when I got hit by a pitch. That was, a, that was probably a mistake on my part. But I was all with the old-school rules. And as years have gone by, and as I've grown up, as I've matured, as... Uh, opinions have changed as thoughts have changed over the years. So has my thoughts about that. Okay. Last week we saw Carlos Santana, a veteran baseball player of the pirates rounding third. He did some crazy dance on his way home. As the pirates celebrated a victory. Francisco Alvarez had a huge game the other night. I think he had 17 home runs in one day, and he celebrated at the end of the night. Then yesterday, this happened. Here's the call, courtesy of Gary Cohen and Keith Hernandez on SNY in New York. Oh, and that went off the bit of Moreno. And did it hit Alvarez? It did. It did. And he's a little annoyed, and he's being steered to first base by Trip Gibson. And now the Mets dugout is emptying, and here comes the Diamondbacks dugout as well. So after Alvarez homered three times and put on a little dance party last night when he circled the bases, the Diamondbacks perhaps taking a little bit of exception, and he gets drilled and it just nicked him. Yeah, but he clearly took offense to it, and that's why Trip Gibson got in the way so quickly, and that's what caused the benches to empty. So again, you heard Gary reference. Gary's as good as he gets. One of the best play-by-play guys in the business. Um, and so you heard them reference the Alvarez home runs. You heard them reference Alvarez's celebration as if that makes it okay. And I, at some point in the last decade, I realized how stupid this is. That it's, that it's, I, and it's less acceptable now than it used to be. But the fact that it is even somewhat acceptable still to throw a pitch, a baseball, 90-plus miles an hour, 
at a human being on purpose because he celebrated? Does that like if you take it out of the baseball context? Let's say Brian Monzo and I. Monzo is the producer of the podcast here. You know, you all know him. Let's say he and I uh, get together and we're playing uh, a game of uh, Trivial Pursuit. Now, obviously, I would dominate him in Trivial Pursuit. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. (laughs) So how about after that game of Trivial Pursuit, I decide I'm going to do a victory dance, right? Now, Now, if you know me, you know I'm probably I'm not the victory dance type of guy. Not because I think it's wrong to show anybody up. I'm totally good with showing people up if I kick their ass in something. I'm just not a dancer. But let's say in theory, Monzo and I were playing Trivial Pursuit. I kick his ass, and then I get up and I start dancing. Would it be acceptable for him to take a baseball and throw it at me because he's annoyed that I'm celebrating my Trivial Pursuit victory? No, of course not. Now, he might disagree because he's a lunatic, but it would not be acceptable to throw a baseball. Now, he, and he couldn't throw it 90-something miles an hour. I don't know. How, how hard can you throw, Monzo? On a good day, 55, and I dislocate my shoulder. Yeah, okay. So you'd hurt yourself. But I'd, get, I'd probably get hurt, too, because I'm in terrible shape. So 55 miles an hour. All right. But it's not acceptable, and it shouldn't be acceptable on the field either. I know there are still a lot of old-school guys that think this is okay, that hate the celebrations, right? Uh, I, I, guys, I, including on this, on this, in this podcasting network, right? A lot of the, a lot of the guys, uh, including Mike and, and, and the mad dog who's not part of our, our network, but I've mentioned before, I'm sure they, they are okay with this. They're, they're old, old school, even older than me. They're a lot older than me, Right. And but I think this mentality's got to change. And what what the older guys got to realize is that the fans like celebrations. Baseball is a sport that is most popular by older people. My age group, maybe one generation, probably one generation younger than me at best, loves baseball. But it's it's a sport that is not popular amongst young people comparatively and one of the ways i think as much as i despise the commissioner and think he's in many ways a awful commissioner i think the one thing he's done well the only thing he's done well is say we have to attract young fans what do they like the one thing is young people have no patience and so we're making the games quicker and the games have been quicker it has worked now, are the TV ratings overall up? Is attendance all up for the year? I'm not sure. I want to wait till the end of the season to see how that works. However, I think it's been good for the game, and it's been good to attract young fans. And this is another thing, all right? Young fans like to see players celebrate. And you know what? So do I. So does this older fan who used to think it was showing up the pitcher. This idea that you're showing up the pitcher and that it's okay to throw a 95-mile-an-hour fastball at the player is stupid. It's antiquated. It's just flat-out dumb. That You want to get back at the player? Get him out. 
How many pitchers, after getting a big out on the mound, pump their fist, do whatever? They go crazy, point to the sky, whatever they do. Why is that okay, but celebrating a home run not? Players players actually enjoying their sport? Why is this a bad thing? In basketball, in football, in hockey, players go crazy at times when they score, especially a big goal, point, or point, or touchdown, whatever. There's a lot of celebrating. Whenever you score a goal in hockey, the whole team goes nuts. Everybody's hugging. The horn goes off. Fans are going bananas. Is it okay if the goalie takes a stick and hits the forward in the head with it? No. We we have touchdown celebrations. There's no retaliation for that. You make a big basket in the NBA. Guys are celebrating on the court. You get a punch in the face there. Why is baseball the only sport you are not allowed to celebrate? And it's just professionally. In college, they celebrate. In softball, they celebrate. Every other sport. College football, celebrate. College basketball, celebrate. College hockey, celebrate. Everything. Major League Baseball is the only sport where players celebrating success at the plate are going to potentially get hit by a pitch, hit by a 95-mile-an-hour pitch because they maybe celebrated too much. It's the stupidest thing I ever heard of. We all used to accept it. Many of us have come around. It's time for everybody else. I'm sick of this shit. It's ridiculous. Francisco Alvarez is an amazing young player. Buck Showalter, who's a lousy manager, one of the most overrated managers in, in modern baseball history, um, was was misusing this guy early. Finally, he's playing him most of the time. He was playing him only a little bit early. This guy's great. Great young player. I want my young players to celebrate. I want them to have fun. I want them to enjoy playing baseball. What is wrong with that? Pitchers do the same thing, and they never get hit hit by a pitch because of it. They're pumping their fist. I just went through all the things they do. We see it all the time. You see pitchers going nuts a lot of times on the mound when they get a last out. Is, is there any other ever any retaliation to them? No, never. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Now, we see less and less of this, of the retaliation for the celebration. I'm glad because a lot of the young players understand it's part of the game. And uh, I, I, I would hope it would continue to trend in that direction. Because the whole hitting guys thing is completely absurd. You know? Uh, Next thing I want to hit on in baseball. um, So, I want to talk about Larry Doby. And and many people don't know um, that Larry Doby was the first black player in the American League. And it's unfortunate. 
Jackie Robinson, everybody knows who Jackie Robinson is, of course, as they should. But three months after Jackie Robinson made his major league debut with the Dodgers and, you know, obviously had to put up with a ton of shit from all the low-life racists out there. Well, Larry Doby did the same thing. Three months later, in July, um, he made his major league debut with the, at the time, the Cleveland Indians. Uh, and it was July 5th, 1947. Well, uh, on Wednesday, the, the Indians celebrated Larry Doby's a major league debut, breaking the color barrier in the American League. Um, and what's amazing is uh, I, I heard Terry Francona talking about this. And, you know, La- Larry Doby does not get anywhere close to the recognition that Jackie Robinson gets. And... To me, that's kind of crazy. I know he wasn't the first, but he was the first in the American League. He was the second player overall. And it's not like things got better in three months. And I say it's crazy that he doesn't get the recognition, not to diminish an iota of what Jackie Robinson had to go through. This is about Larry Doby getting more recognition. For Jackie Robinson Day, everybody in baseball wears his number. That's great. Love it. Should continue to happen. But... Major League Baseball will not even let the former Indians, now Guardians, wear number 14. Um, In fact, Terry Francona said they tried to get the league to allow all the players on the Guardians to wear number 14. And the league wouldn't let it happen. So um, Terry Francona and his bench coach, uh, DeMarlo Hale, both just wrote the number 14 on their caps. And he talked about how frustrated he is by the league that they won't let the team wear number 14. Now, I understand, you know, you can't keep, you know, well, where does it end? What about the third guy and the fourth guy? Do we have to wear their numbers all the time? Uh, You know, people always bring up things like that. I'm like, who cares where it ends? Larry Doby put up with the same awfulness that Jackie Robinson had to put up with. Again, nothing changed in three months, in 1947. So, at the very least, every year on July the 5th, the Guardians team should all wear number 14. Again, the team wanted to do that. Terry Francona said they they, they tried to get the league to do it, and they wouldn't let him. Uh, that, to me, is ridiculous. It takes nothing away from Jackie Robinson. Nobody's trying to take anything away from Jackie Robinson. Uh, but it's a shame that, la- that you know, nobody like I, I feel like most people I want I wonder if people outside of Cleveland realized that Larry Doby was the first black player in the American League and that he made his major league debut uh, three months after Jackie Robinson. It wasn't like years later. It was a few months later. And uh, he helped lead them to the 1948 World Series championship, which is the last championship that the Indians won. Obviously, they've been to the World Series three times in the last 30 years, but they have not won it since 48. So you're talking 75 years now at this point. 
And I think that's a darn shame. By the way, little note, Larry Doby Jr., Larry Doby's, Doby's son, of course, um, who uh, is uh, was throughout the first pitch at the um, at the Guardians game on the fifth in honor of his dad, who passed away. His dad actually passed. Uh, Larry Doby passed away. He was living in Montclair, New Jersey, which is where my wife grew up. Um, he passed at the age of seventy nine in two thousand three. But Larry Doby Jr. Oddly enough, um, is the works i don't know if it's odd it's just i don't know uh but he he works as as a member of billy joel's road crew for me it's just interesting because i love baseball i love work in cleveland uh, i i find the story of larry doby fascinating and billy joel's my favorite singer i'm actually going to take my son to see him at madison square garden uh, later this month my son's never seen him in concert and I was like, well, we got to go to Madison Square Garden. There's no better place to see Billy Joel. But I, anyway, but the fact that Larry Doby Jr. is, you know, connected to baseball and Billy Joel for me is is really cool. But uh, I think the league needs to do a better job of recognizing what Larry Doby had to go through. Um, to me, that would be uh, huge. I think they should. Um, Larry Doby was one of two black players on the 1948 Indians, by the way. Satchel Paige um, was also on that team. You know, obviously at that point in his career, he was, he was quite old. But they were both on the team, and that team won 111 games. All-time team. Anyway, um, so there you go. Uh, I want to go to the NFL for one other thing before we wrap this up. So I was reading this article um, on ESPN Plus by Dan Graziano. I like Dan Graziano. He's a national reporter for the NFL on ESPN. He's on a lot of the ESPN shows. Um, and he wrote this, this article. The headline is, Will Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs sign new running back contracts? And he, he writes a very long article. I'm not going to go over every last detail, but in the end, he suggests he thinks the Giants will eventually sign Saquon Barkley to an extension and that the Raiders will not sign um, Josh Jacobs to an extension. In my opinion, at this point, it is, it is, it is fairly obvious that long-term extensions with running backs don't make a lot of sense, even guys that are really good. Because running backs, it's just a reality. And if, if Barkley, I'm not rooting against Saquon Barkley or, or Josh Jacobs to not get paid. If they can get paid, good for them. All I know is if I were running an NFL team, there's almost no running backs that I would consider, and I, probably no running backs, that I would consider giving an extension to. Um, and Saquon Barkley, to me, I can't do it. Um, I know he had a very good season this past year. He had over 1,600 uh, yards from scrimmage, which is the second best of his career. But that's coming off two seasons where he was injured uh, and, in, and, and pretty much ineffective in 20, 2020 and 2021. 
Now, I look, and then you look at his age. Well, Saquon Barkley is 26 years old. Um, now, that's, that's not old, obviously. He may still be good for a few more years, but we have seen it time and time again. Running backs fall off the quick cliff in a hurry. Now, if you want to sign him to an extension where he's only guaranteed money for maybe two years, well, okay, that makes some sense. But if you're going to guarantee him money for four years, that's crazy. Now, I can't see that happening. So maybe Dan Graziano is wrong. I don't know. Maybe he, the Giants have kind of an old school mentality, winning the ball by running. I just don't think you win that way anymore. The game has changed too much. It's all about passing the football and being able to stop the passing game. Um, the Giants, in my opinion, are going to regress this year uh, because I think Daniel Jones is not very good. And I think if they if they lock up a lot of money in Saquon Barkley after locking up a lot of money in Daniel Jones, I think the Giants will regret it. But good luck to Barkley getting his money. Uh, same with the Raiders. Josh Jacobs had a career year last year. Um, uh, there's no chance I'm giving him. I mean, Barkley, I at least can see it somewhat. Um, but I, I I don't see it with Jacobs. He had a career year last year. The last two years he was, you know, middling running back. He had a good rookie year. And then, eh, for two years. And then last year was sensational. Absolutely sensational. I just, again, I don't see it as sustainable. It makes me nervous. And Jacobs is a year younger than than Barkley. Um, if I'm the Giants, like Barkley, if I'm the Giants, I'm just making him play on the uh, franchise tag. And Barkley could talk about a whole lot all he wants. It never works for the players. Uh, quarterbacks, maybe. Uh, the, the um, what's his name? Le'Veon Bell, total disaster. He stunk after that. He held out. He stunk. He didn't make his money back. And the same thing, Barkley should not do that. I I think he'll be making a big mistake. I think the Giants are making a big mistake if they extend him. He's going to be a little upset at first. But then in the end, he's going to say, well, maybe I'll get paid next year, which who knows? Maybe in the free agent market, if he has back-to-back great seasons, he will. All right, thanks for joining me on this Friday. Uh, Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. I'll talk to you next week. By the way, on next week, uh, on on the Wednesday podcast next week, I am so excited about this. One of my three favorite baseball players of all time, my three favorite baseball players of all time, are Ryan Sandberg, Lee Smith, told you I was a Cubs fan, and Andre Dawson, the Hawk. I even loved him when he was on the Expos, but when he came to the Cubs, that was it. And I'm going to try not to fanboy out. I'm talking with Andre Dawson. I've never interviewed any of my three favorite players. I've never had a chance to interview Sandberg or Lee Smith. I would love to do that someday. And I'm getting a chance to do one of my three favorite players, Andre Dawson. Great player. Hall of Famer. Uh, He was a power hitter, hit for average, played forever. I think he played 20-plus years. He was awesome. And I'm so excited uh, for next week to talk to Andre Dawson. So be be on the lookout for that on uh, Wednesday next week. I'll talk to you next week. Everybody have a great and safe weekend. Um, again, you've been listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, part of the Bet Rivers.
See you next time. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.